this week again, I guess. Who needs an offense and for an encore? Miracles of Thanksgiving Monday. Crack those beers. It's the Argos Fancast. Oh, and I grabbed the beer this time. Cool. I wasn't going to grab the beer. You can find us at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast. I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay. And joining us, as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is the VP of Football Operations and the owner of a brand new 1991 throwback crew neck, Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. You can Hi. find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.arglofans.com. And from the double blue corner, Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. You know, we missed our cue with Will there. Hi. <laughs> oh well we'll get it next time you can find the double blue order on facebook that's facebook.com slash double blue order on twitter at double blue order on instagram at the double blue order you can find me personally at doug 519 get your double blue order merch double blue order.ca well that was um a very interesting game. Weird. Last night, <laughs> it was um, up and down and up and down and up and up and up. Of, and then down for a little bit, then back up. Like, uh, that it was escalated, a, that, it escalated quickly in the in the third quarter. Oh, very quickly. Um, the Argos came out on top, 35 to 16, and the majority of that coming in the third quarter where they scored four touchdowns in 13 minutes and 59 seconds. One on special teams. No, the special teams one came in the, in the second quarter. Two pick sixes. And two passing touchdowns. But if you just look at the stat line, you'd be very confused. McLeod Bethel Thompson, 15 of 21, 181 yards, two TDs, and one interception. DJ Foster led the way running 18 carries, 65 yards. He also led the way receiving with five catches for 79 yards, including a 63-yard screen pass that he took to the house. Damien Jean-Pierre added the other other offensive touchdown. And scoring on the defense, we had uh, Dexter McCoyles and uh, Chris Edwards. And then we had uh, Dejan Brissett scoring on a blocked punt. That seems that to take a, forever for him to pick up. Yeah. Wasn't that isn't that his first isn't that his first points of his career that he got? I believe it is. Oh, kudos to him. So, good, the bad, and the ugly for this game. Oh, there was a lot to choose from for everything. Mm-hmm. Indeed um, there was. <laughs> um, well, let's start off with ugly. 
Doug, what was what, what were you calling ugly in this game? Um, the 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 line on the punt on punting. On the reason the reason why I say that is because it and this is something that's been building up over the course of the last eight games. They're get they're always getting very very close to Boris Beatty, getting very close to him. This time, this time it finally bit them in the ass because that was. That was the final. That was the final score of the game in the fourth quarter. Blocked punt, scoop and score a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, for the most part, it's it's for the most part, like I said, it's a little too for me. It's a little too close for comfort. But the fact is that is perhaps one of the that is one of the ugliest things in 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 this game. I hate to say it, like like if I had if I had eight games to figure this shit out and. You're still allowing guys in too close to BD to get him to get his punts blocked. He has what three or four blocked punts this year? Something like that, yeah. And there must have been another breakdown because Ottawa later in the quarter took a roughing the kicker penalty. That and, and that that yep. could have been that was very dangerous too because they he hit him right on the knee. Yep. So and and usually when you're taking the the roughing the kicker penalty that means you're right there because more often than not that's just it's you know you're running right into him right as he's kicking so yeah it's either you're getting the ball or you're getting the kicker you're not getting you're you're not getting both no and unless, unless your name unless your name is Baron Miles and the kicker's Noel Prefontaine but I digress yeah. <laughs> <sighs> No Prefontaine was a was a different animal. <laughs> so was Baron Miles. Yeah, good point. Um Will, what was your ugly in this game? My ugly took place in the first quarter. Um the Pipkin package did not work well. He came in on uh, after the Argos were driving, he came in for first and ten. Um, uh, you know, a jet sweep to Ricky Collins got cut down for a five-yard loss. Now that wasn't Pipkin's fault. And then Pipkin got stood up on a second, uh, sorry, a third in inches, and the Argos turned the ball over. And I think Coach Dinwiddie made a point. Like right after that, he decided we're no longer going to use the Pipkin package. And um, yeah, apparently, apparently he was pretty pissed off at the offensive performance yesterday. Yeah, that's what I heard. He from what reports say, he turned, tore, tore a strip off them. Or oh. yeah, I mean, he sort of just was like, you know, it's he like they prepared for it pretty good. Let's let's yeah, give, let's give credit where credits like, due. You know, they had all these, I guess, things they wanted to try, and then all of a sudden, nope, we're not going to do them anymore. But the thing is, it wasn't just, like, on that third and inches. It was repeatedly, he could, like, on second and one, he couldn't get it. He was getting stuffed. Yeah, yeah it's, so. but, I mean, and when you look at his, the Pipkin stat line, too, like, he... Technically, he only rushed the ball twice for half a yard. Yeah. Or well, sorry, he he rushed the ball once for for a yard and once and lost a yard. So yeah. But yeah, my my ugly like you're you're playing a rookie QB with a a very smart defensive coordinator and. You know, he did do a lot of smart things, but she gave up 334 passing yards to Caleb Evans. Yeah. 
Uh, and, that, and and this is the second time they've given up more than 300 yards passing. Yeah. Well, it, it, it seemed like, I guess, certainly in the first half, Evans, you know, was getting that ball out, you know, just a step or two before the Argos got to him. And it, he was, he was not, he wasn't beating as, he wasn't beating the Argos secondary deep, but I think there was enough of a cushion where their receivers were able to coin as, you know, almost split that seam to get themselves, you know, some extra yak. Yeah. It's something we didn't see a lot in the, in the previous game, but uh, no, but they, but you know, in all honesty, like and and Dwayne Ford point, pointed this out on the broadcast, um, they were baiting Caleb Evans a lot. Um, were the the defensive backs and linebackers because on the especially on the um, uh, I believe it was a Chris Edwards the second interception was Chris Edwards. Uh, he he was just he was cheating a little bit to one way so that when the time came, he could jump the route without hesitating as soon as he saw what he needed to see. And if you watch that play back, it almost looked like he knew exactly where the ball was going before it even left Caleb Evans hands. So it, you know, I think, after talking it out, it almost seems like that that number might be slightly inflated, but still, it's it's not a not a good number at all to have 334 yards passing against you by a, a quarterback in his second game. I'm curious to know how much of it though was split between the first half and the second half. That I was thinking about that too, but I didn't. I didn't have time to go through the plays to track it all out because yeah, I, I think I think you would see that a lot of it. I believe there was something like 180, 180 yards, almost 200 yards passing in the first half for Ottawa. I believe that's that's the stat I saw, but. You know they kept them out of the end zone. Yeah, that's a hey, that's where the Rich Dubler effect came in. Bend but not break. Yeah, but still, even with a bend but don't break, you don't <laughs> want your you don't want to be giving up that much yardage. No, because you know you're not gonna you're not gonna get a rookie quarterback every week who's going to make who who's gonna fall for the the bait and switch and everything like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, now to to the bad for this game. Uh, well, I, my it, bad it, is going in a different direction, but okay. Uh, you may the two of you may not have noticed on the the uh, broadcast, but. BMO Field Security. They get picked I, up. A, I heard. I heard about. Uh, ben Grant was talking about this on Exodus and Argos. I listened to that was, today, and yeah, I heard about that. Random guy on the, you know, a uh, spectator on the field. And the, where were the security? They're all just. Were they standing and watching again? Probably. Yeah. Wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Pretty much. They're going to get the strip taken off them, I think. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like, I know, I understand, but what the hell, guys? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I I, wouldn't have noticed something like that, um, not being able to, uh, to go to the game last night, but... Uh, Yeah, that's 
So you see all these these replays on these highlight shows where you know fans run onto the field and uh, and then they're they're juking and jiving away from the security. And I think I remember the, the last time I saw somebody run onto the field at BMO Field, and it was just he kind of like gave up because nobody was chasing him, nobody cared. I think I think the so, last time that happened, didn't Matt Black knock him out? Yeah, well, I think Matt Somebody Black. Did. Yeah, Matt Black knocked him out. But when you when he kind of realized that uh, nobody else was going to do anything, <laughs> he just lowered his shoulder right into him, and boom goes the dynamite. Doug, what was your bad in this game? Hmm. My bad for this game. You could probably hmm. hmm. go figure. I tried to re- I tried to rehearse this earlier today. That's the shitty part. I thought it was coming in prepared. Um. Hmm. I was rehearsing earlier too, but I'm too exhausted to. Yeah, so you, you you stole my the 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 blocking on the um, on the punt team was uh, was going to be my bad in there. So ah, uh, how does it feel? How does it feel? <laughs> um, uh, I'm th- you know if I were to say anything, I would say probably the first half. <laughs> to be yeah. quite honest, because first first half right up until that uh, that blocked punt. Yeah, like like the like the first like the Argos came out flat. The Argos came out sleepy, lifeless, tempoless, <laughs> flaccid, if you will. Yes, peaked. Yeah, and I don't know what I mean. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Coach Dinwiddie did exactly what I would have done at halftime, and that's hopefully take a, tear a strip off of them because third quarter it was they hit the gas and gave and gave it to them i mean i know i said i want i mean i think i said on the last show where i wanted to see them put 28 points on 28 points in one quarter on the on the board yeah well, well I, I i think i said the first quarter it was 30 minutes late but i'll take it and it's only 27 points but whatever yeah yeah, I, it almost seemed like the Argos didn't even start playing until uh, until with four minutes left in the uh, in the second quarter. Well, even at that, you know, they still allowed Ottawa to march downfield to kick a field goal to take the lead into the half. Yeah, and that's a couple of things. And with and with one of the best kickers in the league, you don't want to be doing that. The midget. They, they did. They did yeah. mention his his diminutive size on the uh, on the broadcast when uh, Marshall Ferguson was talking to, talking about him uh, in in Kingston on uh, on somebody's team and just seeing yeah. this this little little guy. But oh man, he can he, he's a pretty good little kicker. Like he's still a pretty good pretty good little kicker. He right. sort of felt like so. Dog did his bad. Clay, have you done yours yet? Well, it 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 was it was kind of you know it was Doug's ugly. Um, oh, but it, good for this game. Um, There's the, an awful lot. <laughs> that third quarter. Third quarter. The way the defense played for the majority of the game. Uh, the fact that we scored three ways. Yep. We hit for the cycle. So it. it uh, yeah. You know, take your pick, man. Like. Love you know the. The offensive line and DJ Foster reading that 
play. Ottawa brings the house, and that ball barely makes it to DJ Foster. You know, he sort of has to crouch over to make the catch, but the person I was sitting next to, the moment Foster caught that ball, touchdown. There's <laughs> one player, and then Clay, your buddy Abdul Kenna. Futilely trying to chase him down. Then Antoine Pruneau has no chance. No. Well, I mean, if you if you actually, you know, they highlighted, you know, how that play broke down, and you literally saw DJ Foster behind three offensive linemen and yep. and a receiver blocking downfield against one Ottawa Red Black. Yeah, they were all all <laughs> Ottawa's players were all on the other side. That was a that play was a thing of beauty. Yeah. It was a thing of beauty. And then poor Caleb Evans gets an awkward snap from center. Tries to you know out the, the flat gets deflected by Cordero Law right in the hands of Dexter McCoyle. Bang bang bang. Ottawa punts. McLeod leads them in a couple of nice DJ Foster runs, gets the Argos to the 21, and Damien Jean-Pierre gets his first CFL touchdown. Who's He's filled in really nicely for Eric Rogers, and uh, the route is on. And then to add salt into the wound, Chris Edwards it's a pick six. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you know, the, the, the tip uh, on, on uh, McCoyle's touchdown was, uh, was a great play by, uh, by a defensive lineman, just getting his mid up there. And then he was just in the right place at the right time. And there was nothing but daylight in front of him. And, Chris Edwards, that was, and, and I mentioned that earlier, that was a, you know, he baited Caleb Evans into that all game. Yeah. And made that happen. And, you know, the the only downside to this game, you know, I, I mean, there, there were things that they need to work on, but the one thing that... Um, you know, and I know this is uh, this is going to hurt you, Will, as well. But somebody fucked with the long snapper. Yes, I understand that. Uh, poor Jake Reinhardt suffered a bit of a boo boo, and will likely not play. So they need to find a long snapper. Well, I believe it is. I want to. It's either. Hoyt, Hoyt or Jeff? Yeah, one of them but, was uh, was warming up um, at the at the end of the game, but yeah. But ben Grant isn't sure if they truly want to of, go into a, like a full game with with them. Yeah, I heard about that. Where they might be, where they thinking they might go with the with the emergent with the emergency squad rule to get a if it, proper if long another snapper. team has one. Yeah, yeah, because they they had another guy in camp, but they they got rid of him. So you know, but you know what? The other thing. That that w- that was good. That came out of this game is the fact that our advice on fantasy was actually pretty damn good. I didn't take my I didn't take my advice. <laughs> well, see that is very on brand for us. I, I think <laughs> you know we 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 give give you the the excellent advice of taking the Argos defense. Uh, sorry, Will gave everybody the excellent advice on on taking the Argos defense. And, and, and then he didn't take them. 
I couldn't 20, fit them into the thing. <laughs> 29 fantasy points. Yeah. That's better than most quarterbacks. Well, I think you get credit for the block punt. Yeah. Which doesn't so. make any doesn't make any sense because that's special teams, but whatever. But that's considered a defensive play. Mm. So and likewise, I think kick returns qualify as an offensive play. Except they don't get you yards; they only get you touchdowns, I believe. Mm. But <laughs> still, twenty nine points out of the Argos D. And then you mentioned it earlier, Doug, that that uh, you had declared that they need to uh, put up 20, 30 points in the first quarter. You just didn't specify which first quarter. Was the first quarter after the half? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, and then 30, as we were, that was 30 as, minutes late on that. <laughs> and, and then as we were pointing this all out on Twitter is when – my call in there of Sean Oakman having a good game. He comes up with a with a sack, beating the double team. Yeah, so, we we uh, I was standing at the um, where they come off the field at the end of the game. We all got to see the uh, the abs. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's. That's why I call him the abs. Yep. And and you know what? He is really starting to find his own. Yes. To like, you know, I. He was one of those guys. I was okay. Well, he kind of had some issues that kind of kept him away from the field for a while, and then he really didn't didn't do much. So I didn't know if he was going to pan out just because of how much time he'd had off. But, man, he's figured it out, and he could be one of those guys that could be up here for a while. Hopefully. I hope so. Hopefully this regime will hang on to their free agents who, you know. Hopefully there's a bit of a paradigm shift when we, oh, I don't know, start signing players long-term. Hmm. Well, that's not how that's that's the problem. That is a problem. But, Sorry. Yeah. Well, all right. So now, now one more thing. Was this enough of a blowout for y'all? Ordinarily, yeah. ordinarily, yes. I, I wasn't. It wasn't as satisfying as. You know, a, a shit kicking from pillar to post, but I, I will, I will accept it. Because I don't know if this effort would be enough to beat Hamilton on the road. No, it won't be. No, it won't. Well, the 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 defense, if they took that thirty minutes and made it sixty. I think it would. But offensively, no, no, offensively, not a chance. No. Offensively, not a chance. Special teams, that's a 50-50. But defense, if they extended it from 30 minutes to 60 minutes, if they made it a 60-minute effort as opposed to a 30-minute effort, they, they they win at the litter box. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I'm in total agreement. Like, it, it it was enough to say, okay, they blew somebody out, but this did not feel like a statement game that we really wanted. So, I'm, I mean, this is this is this, I mean, this this was like kind of like uh, an English Premier League team who kind of. Sat back in the first. Sat back in the first half against the League One team in the FA Cup. Coach, they go. They go into the locker room at halftime. Manager tears a strip off them. They come back out. Then they. Then they put like. Then they put like seven, eight goals on them in the second half. Yeah. You can't. You cannot be doing that 
against a much higher tier, like a proper high tier team. Yeah. And, you know, even coming out of that game, you know, you, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson even said that they, they didn't play anywhere as good as, as they could have played. And he flat out said they, they were bad on offense and they need to be better. So, you know, if you're all saying that, you know, that your whole team saying that, then, you know, yeah, they won, but they, they have a lot more in them. Mm-hmm. And I got to say another, another thing, McLeod Bethel Thompson, he is one of those ultimate teammates because earlier in the year, you saw him help a defensive player off the field when he got injured. And on both interceptions, I believe you, you saw him in the end zone congratulating the defensive back that scored. And I believe in it, like he's going over there and congratulating those guys. Like you don't normally see a quarterback out there with the with any of all the celebrations. So he's really embracing his opportunity, and for our sake, I am very glad that he's on our team and not somebody else's. Indeed. Now, speaking of um, it the is. exact opposite of uh, a great team culture. Speaking of morons. Speaking of tone deaf. Speaking of oh. karma, if you will. Yikes. Look, are you going to play the music? Illegal procedure, defense, they made the offense move, five-yard penalty, first down repeated. That's a sting, Will, not music. <laughs> well, yeah, Monsieur Andre Prue. Now, the Edmonton Elks got a lot of goodwill from the name change. And I really expected that the Edmonton Elks would be in contention for first place in the CFL Western Division. So far, they've stunk. And it's starting to come out that the rot is coming from somewhere higher. Now, we'll have to preface this by saying that some of this is being alleged and not necessarily proven yet. First thing that came out was Eddie Steele, the color commentator for 630CHED, was apparently removed from his job for comments deemed to be critical of the team. Then it came out and was alleged that Joey Moss, who is a local legend in Edmonton, was reportedly banned from the Edmonton locker room by... Edmonton General Manager Brock Brock Sunderland. Now, this is one of the most tone-deaf, idiotic, if true. the, the, The Elks, you know, trotted out someone to claim it wasn't true. How tone deaf can you be? And, 
you know, I know the Argos did this with Dave Hodge back in the 70s on the radio broadcast, but still, this is Joey Moss we're talking about here. And, you know, the whole COVID business earlier in the year for the Elks. And what the hell is going on with that franchise? I, yeah, I don't know. And I've seen I, I've seen a couple stories on the, the Joey Moss thing that, you know, saying in the last few years, he he had kind of they. He wasn't the same Joey Moss that he, you know, kind of developed things that people develop in their latter years um, and that he wasn't necessarily banned from the locker room, period. It was banned from certain things in the locker room or certain times in the locker room, but still, like, from the, sound, the sounds of it, it was just handled with, you know, ab- absolute idiocy. PR sounds, pre- sounds pretty ham-fisted, if you ask me. I mean, if they, they didn't have... If they, <laughs> this would just be a goddamn PR nightmare. And and to top it all off, as I was looking up some of the stuff about Brock Sunderland, um, you know, not not only did we, you know, how they have the COVID outbreak, but um, Brock Sunderland is, is one of those people that has uh, petitioned for a medical exemption from the COVID vaccine. Whether whether how legitimate it is, you know, and and honestly, if if this other stuff hadn't come out about Eddie Steele and um, and Joy Moss. I would have just took that as face value. Now I now I feel like I'm questioning things, <laughs> and I don't think I am I'm completely out of bounds by questioning that. No, don't think I wouldn't think so. I mean to. I mean, the fact is the team, I mean, this is, this is just like, it is one big, it is a snowball that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's bad enough your team is shit right now. Bad enough that your team has now become the free space on the bingo card. But it's now you have... I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, they incurred a, an off. They incurred an awful lot of applause and praise for becoming the Elks, but now Joey Moss, Eddie Steele, COVID outbreak. Now you've got everything else, and it's just one big pile of dirty, r- shitty road snow that's just barreling down, and. This is something that isn't going to get fixed in a hurry. Like this is going to this is going to like it's bad enough that they can't that they can't win a game to save their life. This is just not going to this season is just going to be a complete write off. And I have a feeling that that there is going to be some heads rolling at the end of the season. Yeah, man. Something is rotten in the something is rotten in the heart of Commonwealth Stadium, and we all know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it, and it is honestly, you know, now that you hear all these little things leaking out, it it's. No wonder the Eskimos have been Swear as jar. bad as they have been. Swear jar. It, they've been fucking horrible. 
I personally, I mean, with all this coming out, this just sounds like karma. Yep. It just sounds like it sounds it sounds like karma just coming in to 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 collect. Karma's coming to karma's come to collect, and guess what? Mm -hmm. You might as well just might as well just pack your shit and make your way home because you you don't have you really don't have a prayer for the rest of this season. Nope. Love you, Turf District, but your team is crap. Right now Sorry. they are, yeah. Sorry. I mean, as it stands right now, you're 10-point dogs to the Bombers, and I would not not be surprised if the Bombers tripled that. Wow, that somebody's been betting on Edmonton, because that line, I mean, two days ago that line was uh, was 13 points, so... Well, the Argos took the day off after the game as per protocol. Uh, so they did not practice today, but the Ticats practiced. Um, and uh, I'm just looking down their injury report since we are looking at do since we are going to be playing them this week. And it looks like they might have Chris Van Zyl back in the lineup. Um and uh, you know, as we're likely getting uh, Mazzoli as our as the quarterback, so Mazzoli. Now we're waiting to find out uh, what's gonna, how things are gonna shape up with the Argos. I'm, you know, and after that that game, you know, where the defense is gonna look a little bit different because I believe it uh, was dead. One of the guys was bang, banged up on the law, or Nevis was. Uh, Shane was Ray banged. was banged up. Shane Ray was, ba yeah. was banged up, play. and he's not. And uh, and Law and Nevis were uh, banged up as well, so you know we're we're likely out Shane Ray, who looked good on the edge too when he when he was playing in there. So I'm. Poor guy's been snake. Poor guy's been snake bit this year. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he did did show that he it does have the ability to be a star at defensive end in this league. So I, you know, I, as long as he can uh, get healthy again and hopefully stay healthy. So we likely won't hear anything much until at least tomorrow on, uh, on what's going on with the Argos injuries. But going into this game against Hamilton, I'm I'm thinking like if do we do you go with uh, with Law Firm or do you go with uh, Arbuckle if he's if he's healthy enough to go? I think you go with Law Firm. That's a tough one. Yeah. I mean I I think it would really it's gonna really come down to is Arbuckle healthy enough to go and if and if he's not a hundred percent you know you go you go with the law firm. Exactly. You see you I personally, yeah, you like if he can't go, save him. Save him for the next game. I mean, the next game they play, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of time because that'll be that'll be the 22nd against Montreal in Montreal. So, Montreal. so yeah, if if Arbuckle can't go, I mean, Law Firm's had the hot hands, he's had the accurate hands. Mm-hmm. And Arbuckle, you know, kind of struggled against Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did the the last game they played against them, and 
Yeah, I I honestly think we're 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 looking at the exact same keys to to this game as we did. As much as Ottawa is a is a worse team than Very Hamilton. Opponent. Yeah, um, I think you're still looking at the same same keys. You know, you you want to see that run game working so you can control the clock because you know they they've shown that when they control the clock they usually win the game and you know getting that run game going is a big part of that um and you gotta get pressure and that defense has to can't break I'm really hoping that this is the the start of uh, well the the second in a beginning of a new streak in Hamilton. They won enough at that place. I think the Argos need to go on a streak, and I think this is this team can do that. They are better than Hamilton. Careful, you might have the brigades coming after you on that one. Yeah. Fight. They are better than Hamilton. Attaboy. <laughs> Attaboy. Well, and, I, and I, you know, it, Hamilton has gone through three quarterbacks and they haven't had much consistency out of any of them. Toronto's had a little bit more consistency out of their two quarterbacks. Um, you know, the run game in, in Toronto has been just slightly better than Hamilton. Passing game has been better. Total yards have been better. Um, defensively, they we have an edge on them in sacks, um, an edge on them in forced fumbles. They're a little bit better in, in, uh, in pass knockdowns. But, you know, I don't see, I don't think that, Hamilton has as deep of a receiving core as we do. I mean, hell, half half of our guys are on the injured reserve. You know, if if we're stacking up, they're going to say, "Well, we've got Simone Lawrence." Like, so, yeah, we've got Enoch Mwamba, we've got Cam Judge. When they're when things are healthy, they are far superior to the guys you've got. I don't think that you'll be able to change my mind on that. Uh, this Toronto team is a much better team than Hamilton. And to add the fact that that just because I feel like saying it now, the tie cats are not 150 years old. Football in Hamilton is, is 150 some odd years old. The tie cats only started in the fifties. Despite that screwed up plaque on your on your uh, on your stadium. <sighs> Two hmm. dead cats duct taped together. Haven't we already talked about this? We we have, but we're going there again. Hmm. Fucking Frank, fucking Frankenstein Club. We're gonna we're bringing the pitchforks and the torches. We're sending that creature back to hell. Hmm. You know what? I actually looked up what a tiger cat is. And if the internet is to be believed, and there's no untruths on the internet, (laughs) um, (laughs) the a a tiger cat is what what they call a a toy tiger or a toyger. It's basically a cat, like a small house cat, with tiger colorings on it. And it is fully domesticated and is apparently a little a little prissy thing. So I'm forever looking looking at, at your the tie cats as you know the the team that chants about having to go to the bathroom thanks to my son when he was three years old. And now you're you're a tiny little whiny house cat. Uh, or you could, or you could just be a locally made piece of machinery. 
Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, to be quite honest, there I did apply at Tiger <laughs> Cat Industries, but I just wanted that for the meme. Just so you could wear an Argo hat in there every day. Damn straight. <sighs> well, you know, we've done two shows in two days, in three days. I think that's about all we have left. Let's go beat Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Will, you're dying here, so where can they find you? On Twitter, at ArgoFans. Or at www.argofans.com. And please, everybody, why do you all hate MBT? That's the last thing I'm going to ask. It's a rhetorical question. Doug, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find my group, The Double Blue Order, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Order. On Twitter at Double Blue Order and on Instagram at the Double Blue Order. And go get your go get your Double go get Blue your merch. Order merch, including the brand new McLeod Bethel Thompson Law Firm shirt. Available in a variety of colors at DoubleBlueOrder.ca. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast. That does it for this second round this week of the Argos Fancast. We'll be back to talk to you about how we beat the Ticats in Hamilton. Cheers. Hi, cats suck.